Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Yes, indeed. Week 15 of the NFL season getting ready for a Saints at Buccaneers Sunday night showdown. The black and gold looking to... Get to 500 on the year. It didn't seem like uh, we would get to this point after that uh, that rut they were in. But right now, they're just a game away from getting to even on the season. Even Stevens uh, at 7-7 seven and seven against the tough Buccaneers team that's 10-3 and three on the year. And we've seen them have great success at home. They're undefeated in Raymond James Stadium. Have the GOAT, Tom Brady, who's the ageless wonder right now, performing at an MVP-type level, leading the NFL in yards passing, touchdowns thrown. But what do you know? The reigning NFC South champions are coming into Tampa currently. And I know that if the Buccaneers can win tonight, they get a hat and T-shirt game, as their coach Bruce Arian says. They get division champs to steal that away from the Saints. But right now, this New Orleans team is still the kings of the division, and hopefully they come in with a little bit of oomph because they need it tonight against a Bucks team that offensively has really, really scares me, Scott. They're putting up the most points per game in the NFL, and I am optimistic about the fact that they've gotten some players, key players back, like a Cam Jordan, like a Mark Ingram, uh, still missing guys up front at the tackle position. Teron Armstead, uh, no Ryan Ramchek, that's a biggie. And also, oh, no head coach Sean Payton this week because of COVID protocols. Uh, it just seems every week we're kind of thro- talking about another curveball thrown this Saints way. So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) There's a chance, right? So you're saying there's a chance, yes. Even Uh, though uh, they've now been bumped up to, by odds makers, 11.5 point underdogs. I I already took them at 10.5, and and I took them again at 11.5. I love it. I I like that possible 28-17 scenario. (laughs) But the fact is, is, uh, yeah, this is crazy. I mean, uh, most people would have thought the Saints were already out of it. In fact, a lot of people from New Orleans might have already thought that. But there is a chance that they could still win the division. Not a good one. You have to win the next four. They have to lose the next four pretty much, and then that would be it. But the fact is, is the Saints are shooting for last week. We said they have to beat the Jets. They got that done. Uh, it Maybe, you know, the team, one of those teams that's in competition, that will they play the Saints next week? The Miami Dolphins were having their hands full today with the Jets. Yeah, exactly. Saints got that one done easily. But, you know, we knew this was the toughest one of the remaining games. You have the Dolphins on Monday night, and you got the two division rivals coming up. But it all matters today. Just play one game at a time. You have most of your defense back, and that's got to be the thing that makes you feel good because this is the same defense that stymied Tom Brady last season in Tampa on a Sunday night. And I remember that game, uh, Tampa was favored by four. It was the first game of the season the Saints had been under. That's a good memory. 
Uh, I do remember it well. I took them on the money line, Saints, <laughs> and they blew them out. Remember, it was 35 nothing at the half. Yeah. And then, you know, it was kind of a mercy game in the second half and 38-3. to three. So, the fact is, is Tampa's gotten better. We know that. Tampa's offense has gotten a whole lot better uh, in the second half of that season and certainly playing great this year as well. One of the things that makes me feel a little better, and I know Tampa's still playing well without him, is no, no Antonio Brown. And the thing about that, he's been out a few weeks, I know that, but when you have him – Coupled with all those other weapons, obviously Leonard Fournette's emergence into the player we all thought he'd be, along with Gronk playing great football again. Oh, man, he scares me for sure. He is really playing great. And then you have the two receivers everybody knows about, Godwin and, of course, Mike Evans. That just gave so many weapons. Now you have one less. But it's just a little less scary because Brown, when you're trying to focus on the other guys, the slot receiver, Godwin, obviously the guy that makes the big plays, Evans, and Gronk is all over the field. That meant you almost always had one-on-one with somebody with Antonio Brown, which is almost impossible to cover if they really wanted to get the ball to him. So I feel there's hope tonight. I do. I mean, I know double-digit underdogs don't usually come through in the NFL, although the Detroit Lions Hello. were a bigger underdog, and they won in a blowout. But the fact is, is as opposed to those Thursday night games when I felt kind of helpless and you're just hoping for something, when you have Alvin Kamara – you don't necessarily have to hope as much. And I'm not saying the Saints are going to get the victory, but I think they're going to show a lot of heart today. And another one for this team back, a, a plus, is another offensive weapon back in tight end, uh, Adam Troutman, who came off injured reserve. Who knows how much he's going to be in the offensive flow just coming back from his knee injury. But I'll take anything at this point. Any any bodies back is good news for this squad that's been so decimated and uh, we've seen Taysom Hill over this week now getting more acclimated, he was talking about, to that splint on his finger. And he really just talks about how it's harder to just grip the ball, having that pressure yep, to yep. sustain it. But uh, the limited, limited time we got to see him in practice, though, he's still able to zip that ball. So I'm definitely not worried about velocity with him. No, I feel better about him. I mean, he's got a better fitting grip of splint now. It's just kind of smoother as opposed to the other bigger thing that he had to use that Thursday night. It's been 17 days since the mallet finger. We know that. That's still not a ton of time to recover. Right, and he said it won't heal right. fully until the end of the year because he can't have surgery on it. But you brought up a good point with Troutman because he was really coming into his own final. Remember, we were, everybody oh, was everybody had been dogging him. him all season, finally was having a good game, and then bam. But he, but he's a guy that can catch the ball, and that's the thing that the receivers haven't – We need anybody. He's balls, okay? We know that. <laughs> but he's, he's a young guy, but he can catch the ball, and I love the fact that Vanette's coming up because you can, you can employ two tight end sets now. And feel good about two guys that can actually do something for you offensively. Amen, right. And you know what I mean? And then you have the threat of Kamara coming out of the backfield because they're scared to death that he gets something in space, you know, a little screen pass or something. So they're always going to have their eye on him. That means other guys have more of a chance to get open. So that's my hope tonight. You know, Taysom now is starting to get a little more comfortable at quarterback. We're not, we're not calling him a great quarterback at this point, but we're calling him a great weapon. Because he is a weapon. Yeah. And we saw that. We, I mean, heck, you saw the last TD run against the Jets. Slider, go for the touchdown. Going for the touchdown every time. Sorry. Unless it's at the very end of the game and, and it's to win. But I, I thought that was fantastic, though, with Alvin Kamara in the post-game press conference, him saying, I told the dumbass to slide. I know. I know. That was great. <laughs> it was great. But, yeah, Alvin would have probably scored, too. <laughs> but facts are, uh, this should be interesting night. I'm actually very much looking forward to this matchup, obviously, they, we all want to see stars and Tom Brady's the GOAT of all time. I mean, listen, 
G-O-A-T, greatest of all time. There's no doubt in my mind that that's Tom Brady at the quarterback position. And what I hate about the term GOAT, it's so overused and overplayed and, and misrepresented because he's a GOAT, he's a GOAT, this one's a GOAT, that one's a GOAT. GOAT, greatest of all time. It does not greatists. Yeah. It's yeah, it's yeah. not plural. It's there's right. one goat right. for every position. Right. So you can't have multiple goat quarterbacks. No. Well, my, Montana was that guy for me forever. That's my era, right? I grew up Montana. You know, he was the dude. But I mean, listen, you can hate Brady if you like, but just you can't hate facts. Facts are facts. Well, you can <laughs> like, hate them. like yeah. Like, like, I love like A Bear says. It's like I got facts and stats for you. Yeah, right, right, right. It's true. And uh, and listen, you're, you're you're seeing a marvel right now. I mean, just appreciate it. Unfortunately, he came to our division here in New Orleans. Oh, I'm just gonna come here first year, win a Super Bowl, and yeah, yeah, against a team that has, you know has only had one Super Bowl championship, just like the Saints have now. That that's the only team with two in our division, unfortunately. But as long as the Falcons still have zero, we're all good. <laughs> but uh, no, as far as watching Brady and this team, I I I really feel this defense is feeling confident now. I feel. Not just because they beat the Jets, but they have their people back. You know, Quan Alexander. I can go up and down now. Cam Jordan, Quan Alexander, Demario Davis, Marcus Davenport. Uh, you know, and you just mentioned Marcus Davenport yes. and Cam Jordan. We're yes. actually going to see them on the yes. field at the same time That's, today. This is what. Should oh my give goodness! You hope. This is what should give you hope because you're seeing these guys <laughs> together. Honestly, maybe one other time all season that you've seen them all together like this. You are missing your tackles, but let's focus on what the defense can do. Because I think that they'll show up today and play some good football. Yeah, as of right now, the one, you know, we don't have Tano Passigno yeah. in the mix at defensive end. But, man, it, it just seemed like we would have Davenport and then we had the, you know, obviously the COVID situation with Cam Jordan. Or then all season uh, you would have your Cam Jordan and then obviously Davenport wasn't available with his string of injuries. Now, that that's going to be so huge for tonight. We talk about uh, the pressure getting to Brady uh, making him uncomfortable and having that D line intact is so key. Especially, we we've seen a healthy Marcus Davenport basically be unstoppable in games. And I know he's got that shoulder injury. He was uh, limited all week in practice, but I'm hoping that was just to get him fully rested for this game. He does not have a game time status, so he's he's good to go to play for tonight. And and just like I said, that pressure, that amount of stress that you can apply to Brady is what's needed to throw him off. And then you see those interceptions, uh, that jackrabbit, you know, pick six a couple year, years ago. The the PJ Williams won last game uh, in the Superdome. That was fantastic. You saw Quan Alexander basically shoving him in the back, giving him a power up to get into the end zone. Was fantastic. Uh, it, it just that's another thing I'm very positive about with Dennis Allen taking the reins. As the head coach, he's been scheming fantastically against Brady. During the regular season, we'll say, that postseason matchup, nothing went right for this team. They've been snake-bitten, obviously, in the playoffs. But to see what the Saints have been able to do against Brady since he's come to Tampa is mighty impressive between the the turnovers uh, and just the – the game face you see that disgust in Brady when you can get to him and he's perplexed and frustrated on the bench, you know you've done your job. Yeah, I want to thank you, by the way. You sent me that press conference that Brady had this week, and that was, you know, Brady kind of says it like it is. He's not going to give any bulletin He's pretty board. good, right. He's not giving any bulletin board, but he, he, doesn't, he doesn't mince words when he's telling the truth about a defense. And he, he said, listen, this team is one of the toughest I've had in my career with, you know, particularly with Sean Payton as the coach. 
I mean, they show up against him. I mean, I can remember a heartbreaker they lost in New England on a last-second Brady thing when we thought we had the victory here in New Orleans. I mean, it was like it was up in New England. It was a cold, dark night, and we thought they had. It was, I think, one of those late-afternoon games. And but even these last three games against him in the regular, or the, the you know, the last uh, three games they we, the Saints have played when he's been in Tampa in the regular season, right. they got after him, and he's been hit. And he, Brady is a lot like Rodgers. You don't see him get hit a whole lot. You know, you really don't. They know how to escape. And he uh, knows, yeah, to get that ball out quick. Breeze did that too. Breeze did it too. The great ones do. Uh, obviously, they're going to get calls, <laughs> so the defense better lay off too. But the fact is, is that the Saints have played him tough, and Dennis Allen has been responsible for a lot of those schemes. And he's got to be super happy right now. Obviously, he's going to be doing more head coaching this, this week, but the fact is that he's never had his – well, I shouldn't say never. This team has rarely had their whole deck, their, their whole deck of cards in one game. And I know he's got to be fired up because at one point they were relying totally on the secondary, you know, and the secondary has been mostly strong. It gives up big plays a bunch too. But the fact is, is now you got all three sets of the defense, defensive line, linebacker, and defensive backfield all together. And I, listen, the more I think about it, the more excited I get about it. I'm Steve Geller. That's Scott Alexander. Want to hear from you on first take here on WWL. Getting ready for a 7:20 kickoff Sunday night football. Saints, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, NFC South rivals. The Bucks win. They take the division crown for the season. The Saints looking to at least hold on to it for one more night as NFC South, the reigning NFC South champs, coming back with more first take right after this on WWL Saints Radio. At Saints quarterback Taysom Hill talking about how the f- splint on his middle finger of his throwing hand hampers him just a little bit uh, when it comes to gripping the football. But we, we're going to need to see more maybe of Taysom running the rock tonight against this Bucks defense, even though you would think they're going to have to beat Tampa through the air. But I just feel like the three-headed monster of Taysom, Kamara, and now with Ingram back, you got a, a one-two-three punch there that I think could – uh, do well against the Buccaneers' run defense that does rank third in the NFL. Now, the, the run defense they have is extremely good. But, but I feel like that run defense is so rated, ranked so good because of the fact that teams have to throw on them. That's a good point. Because you have to keep up with that, that scoring machine. Here, let, me go, let me say this. Though. All you have to do is look at their front seven. Oh, I know. And it is as good as there is in the NFL, in my opinion. When you're talking about up and down the line with – Sue and Vea and Golston and, and oh, Pierre the names Paul, are ridiculous, Devin right? White, Levante David, Sha- Shaq Barrett. I mean, that's that's seven. <laughs> like all of them are Pro Bowl type players. Let's just say, right, you were like and, making a video game team right there. And, and honestly, you know, so now they, you know, I think I think Sherman's probably out today. I know he's doubtful. Doubtful, yeah. And he didn't practice all week. I wouldn't imagine he's going to suit up. But and, and obviously, he's had his issues this season. I mean, he came in late because you know he had some off field stuff. But he. uh he got he got a pick last week for them, but you have another couple guys in their secondary that's already a little beat up. Antoine Winfield's one of the big names in that secondary. Yeah. He's questionable. Jordan Whitehead, who's not a bad player, he's serviceable, questionable. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see who is available. I know they're going to try to go. And Jamal all Dean's out too. And Dean, yeah, yeah, he's been out too. Yeah, so you're right. That's a, is that a COVID one? With um, I think concussion. Concussion. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, you, you, he's going to have to he's going to have to test the secondary. He's going to have to. Um, that's the problem. That's going to be our weakness, and that's their weakness as well. So we'll see which one. They're going to get a pass rush without the tackles there, and that, that's what scares you. You, you. you would hope that you know you could at least have one of those tackles ready, but you can't cry over spilt milk, and you just got to go with what you got. But let's tell people what we do have. I mean, do we know 
Exactly. Is Hurst going to move to left tackle? Uh, where, where are we going with this now? I would think you're going to see more of Hurst at left tackle and Throckmorton still coming in uh, as well there. Um, you also have, uh, with the offensive line, uh, you obviously Cesar Ruiz. Yeah, McCoy, obviously Throckmorton. Uh, and, then, and then Jordan Mills as well. And then, yeah, there you go. But that's, that's, the, thing. that's the same guy that we didn't even know who, who he was about three weeks ago. And now you're going to have him blocking some, some guys named <laughs> Devin White, David, uh, whoever's going to be running around the well, left le- side. Well, at least we got a mobile Obviously, quarterback, right? Yeah, we do have that. That's, that is a big key. That's what le- that's, that gives you the feeling of not helplessness, right? Because that was the feeling right, I had. Right, you're not a statue back you know, there. Watching, watching Simeon when he had any kind of pass rush, you know, you just – I'm not saying he's a bad player, but he's not a first-string NFL player. He's just not. I mean, he's a serviceable backup, but, and, and he showed that in the last game against Tampa Bay. He came in and, and guided them to a victory after Winston got hurt. But once teams have a chance to game plan on him, he wasn't going to be the guy. The thing about Hill game planning on him, yeah, you could take away some tendencies, but he's got so much athletic ability that he can, you know, he can make big plays on you when you least expect it. So that's the feeling that gives me some hope here besides the defense being healthy and Kamara being back. And even Troutman, I'll throw that in too, is that when all these guys start coming back, that means that they that means a little less tight coverage on everybody else, and that's the thing that I think people forget when you're talking about your second and third stringers kind of in there. Well, that means they're going to lay off those guys a little more. And now when you get the starters back, they got to pay attention to them, which makes Kamara that much dangerous, and and everybody else that's uh, like a Taysom Hill that's that can beat you and and get, damage you, you know. And speaking of Taysom, here's him talking about that Buccaneers defense. They got great personnel up front. You know, the linebackers are really good, um, but their fronts are, are obviously set up to stop the run. You know, so so they load they load the box and um, they they commit to stopping the run, and uh, they they execute and they've got good personnel. Yeah, and we heard also Bruce Arians this week talking about basically how he obviously respects Taysom Hill as the runner, as a running back, and basically, yeah, the Bucks' plan is to dare him to throw the football, well, it, and I, I don't think we expect anything less. Of course. I mean, especially when that's your strength. I mean, you know, you're going to – I've heard, I've heard Tom Brady praise Kamara so many times, and one of those was on uh, when they were talking about the – when they were on Monday Night Football with the – they were playing, but they remember he was on with Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, and he had that great interview. And for whatever reason, they started talking about Kamara. I think that may have been because uh, I can't remember why they were talking about. It. Maybe the Saints were playing. That's it. Saints were playing Seattle on the Monday night, and and he was like, "Wow, this guy is really hard to stop. I mean, he is that good." And he praises. I mean, he knows how good Kamara is and how Kamara can beat them by himself. I mean, literally, if you give him the open field and you give him space. You know, he's not going to do it on the ground against this team. Yeah, he might get a rushing touchdown. He might break some holes open. But getting him the ball over the second line, you know, getting him a pass, you know, where he can go one-on-one with a guy with the ball in his hand, uh, you know, that's where Kamara is going to really have the most damage. What was key, too, is seeing him last week uh, be productive and have the speed, have the cutting ability. It didn't look like there was any issues with that knee at all. From the very first moment he touched the ball, Boom, right. It just felt different. I, 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 to, I mean, I've been preaching it for four or five weeks, and I kept saying it. I didn't think it would be that dramatic. Now, it was against the Jets defense. That's, that's pretty banged up and not great. But let me just say this. You just saw the difference of 
him with the ball. I mean, it's just like he, he just falls down and gets eight yards sometimes. Yes. You know, that's what I'm saying. Everybody else falls down and gets one yard like you're supposed to. I mean, when you fall down. This guy is just so smooth in that cutting ability. And just when he has it, he's always going forward. There's not a lot of juking around on the side-to-side stuff. I mean, he'll do that occasionally. But when he's juking, he's going forward and making a cut that's going to go a different direction. And he does it as well as anybody in the NFL. And quite frankly, I don't want to throw something crazy out, but I, as a kid, I remember watching O.J. Simpson do this kind of stuff. He's the guy. Now, Simpson had more straightaway speed. But the fact is, he's the guy he reminds me of in a lot of these situations. It's kind of nuts. Now, just the way he glides, and that's what I mean. So, all you old-timers that right. are, are my age and older, they'll come on me like saying they're not the same. I know they're not the same, but they remind me, he reminds me of Simpson a lot. And that, that's like Scott something. Alexander just called Alvin Kamara at Gail Sayers. <laughs> <laughs> Call him a murderer. <laughs> all right, like exactly. Oh, jeez. No, there's some people that remember O.J. before the murder. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, but, that's like any time you talk about the Saints Super Bowl run and how key Darren Sharper was right, pivotal right, to it. You're right, like, right. yes, has on-the-field right. contributions. Yes, we know that, yeah. obviously. Not sharp off the field. We're aware of that. Uh, uh, no, but, yeah, this, this game is going to hinge on Taysom and, and, and Alvin's athletic ability offensively because, listen, the odds makers also saying the Saints are only going to score 16.5 points. That's, yeah, no, that's insulting when you look at every game that they played against this team. Now, I know Drew Brees was around for most of these, but just in general – 16 and a half points. I mean, come on. I mean, they could happen, but I'd be surprised. Yeah, the the definitely the number of you know, 11, 11 and a half jumped out to me for this NFC South matchup. I know it's in Tampa Bay. I know the Saints team has struggled offensively all the season, but yeah, we've seen the history between these teams and how tight defensively uh the Saints are able to to be on Tom Brady and able to get pressure on him. I love the fact Marcus Davenport is back along with Cam Jordan off that COVID list. And I know Cam's got to be coming back with a little bit of chip on his shoulder after he had his consecutive game streak and for some nonsense of being in the COVID protocols. Uh, We've seen this really wreak havoc on teams all this week, honestly, Uh, games have been shuffled around. We're going to have two Monday night football games. There's going to be two Tuesday night football games, which I kind of I love having football yeah, all, every I'm, week. I'm but, it too. but the circumstances obviously are, are a little uh, off-putting. And then even going to the NBA, we've we've seen some issues with games, including our New Orleans Pelicans game at the 76ers tonight has also been postponed due to the health and safety protocols of, uh, in the NBA. So we're seeing a lot of. Uh, this the co- the pandemic still doing damage in the sports leagues. Yeah, every time I uh, you, here's the, here's the, here's the if you want to know when COVID's coming back, just check with me and I'll tell you if my TV show is supposed to, supposed to start back within a month because that's exactly what happens. Oh, every time you get a green light, I got a green light in July. Well, you know because COVID was really lax in the summer. There's nothing going on. All of a sudden, the Delta variant happened a week before I was all set Boom. to go. Now it's starting to set up for you know mid January, late January, and. Now we have this happening. Omicron. So, uh, Omicron. Whatever it's whatever, called. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's it's getting It's a new COVID Spider-Man again. villain. Yeah, so we're all having COVID. We're going to be in masks soon again all the time, unfortunately. But the fact is, is it is a problem for the NFL. When you're moving games like they did, and thank goodness they're not forfeiting games like the NBA's having to do. But the NBA, you know, they got a long way to do before they can make them up again. But the fact is that there's two games on a Tuesday night. Uh, that's very interesting to me, uh, and I'm glad they're getting them in because the Rams, I mean, that's a big team that's going to the playoffs, and that game is Tuesday <laughs> night. I mean, that's nuts. So let's just hope this doesn't keep going on. Our, the head coach is out today, and we haven't even talked much about that. 
Which, like, which was a little odd, too, because Wednesday, Coach didn't go to practice. He said he wasn't feeling well, got tested. The results came back negative. He did not have the coronavirus. So Thursday, he was back at practice. We had Coach there. Boom. Friday, go to practice. Coach isn't there. And then popped up with a positive COVID test and obviously is now out for this game and possibly – they're saying it could, you know, spill over into the next game. He needs the two negatives to come back. Coach Payton obviously vaccinated. We've talked about it, too. When this first happened, he was the first guy in the NFL to ever come, yeah, you to come me, down with it. You texted me that he had it, and I said, wasn't he the first famous guy that got it? Because I remember, like, before I knew anybody had it, I think maybe Tom Hanks. I was going to say, I remember Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks and his wife, right. Tom Hanks. Uh, yeah, Wilson, Rita Wilson, is yeah. that her name? And uh, and Sean Payton were the three most famous people that had it like that first week or two. You know, it's like, oh my God, real people besides just these strangers that we'll never meet have gotten it. You know, right, right. And, it was uh, like, okay, uh, it's not just uh, this thing that's uh, just out there. Right, exactly. It right. got a little more real, I guess you would say. So Payton now has it for the second time, and I know this guy never misses practice. Listen, you've been around. A lot longer than me. This is my 10th season being back. And I, you know, obviously he wasn't there the first year I was back because that was Bandigate. But the last nine, I don't ever remember the dude missing practice. I mean, it, do you? I mean, I can't remember. Oh, I think his, he, his he daughter graduated. Something like that to Pepperdine. He had yeah, to go but this fly. guy's fanatical about preparation. Absolutely, right. I mean, fanatical. So when he missed it on yeah, Wednesday. Sean's not calling out sick because he's got the sniffles. Right. He missed it on Wednesday. I was like, whoa. And I obviously you say he got tested, so that maybe not played a factor. But I was – COVID is the first thing I thought of. It really was. And I was like, gosh, this is not good. You know he wants to be out there. But let, when we come back, let's talk about how this is going to affect the team as far as you, your point, him being out. You know, it affected the Saints when they played Carolina when the rest of the offensive coaches were out. How will it affect the Saints with their head coach out? Coming back with more first take, your Oakland Heart Jewelers Rolex time check. Three hours, 41 minutes till a 720 kickoff in Raymond James Stadium between your Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Coming back with more first take after the break here on WWL. First take here on WWL, Steve Geller, Scott Alexander counting down to the big kickoff Sunday night football. Primetime again. You know, I didn't think we'd be getting a ton of primetime games in these non-Drew Brees season, but... We seem to have like a bunch of cluster together, and we still got another one right after this too. They were right on, you know, earlier in the season. The Saints were five and two. I think they felt with Kamara and Thomas supposed to be here. I think the Saints felt, you know, they could keep. I mean, not the Saints, the networks. Yeah, and I right. do work for a big network. I do Fox games every weekend in the fall for college football, and I do a lot of NFL games as well. Once that ends, I'm not going to do it this year, but generally I have. And I know what they're looking for. I mean, you have two stars. One was. You know, perennial pro and Alvin Kamara. One was the offensive MVP just a couple seasons before, Michael Thomas, and that's we, nobody knew he was going to be out. So all these games that were scheduled for prime time had that in mind. And then you had a good story with Jameis Winston. Absolutely right. So there was stories, and that's what they're looking for. They they want good teams, hence why they flex the end of the schedule. You know, flexing for those you don't know is if you know they they can change a game or they can pick up the game they want that's going to be more watched because sometimes teams, for instance, have injuries like the Saints have had, and they take nosedives, and they don't want those for, like, the last two games of the season. That's why they flex, but they can't flex, you know, the first three quarters of the season, and that's why you have teams like the Saints that were supposed to be good. They had the best record in the NFL the previous four seasons, so you're going to get a lot of prime time, especially if you have a couple stars on that offensive side still. And they And most people thought that the Saints – might not win the division, but they were they would you know be a little above five hundred and uh, 
and they still have a chance to do that. Yeah, chance to get to even today. They're six and seven right now. What? Uh, right. Ho- hopefully, can keep the Buccaneers from getting a victory and also taking the NFC South crown if they do that. If they end up with the victory tonight, and it'll be without Sean Payton on the field, we'll have defensive coordinator Dennis Allen calling the shots uh, as the head coach. How's it going to be for him without Sean Payton in the mix today? Really odd, you know. Uh, Sean's Sean's our leader, and 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 he's the guy that uh, has been running the show around here, and so uh, it'll be a it'll be a lot different. It'll be a big challenge without him being there. Uh, but you know, the real deal is. He's prepared all of us for how we have to play the game. We know what's expected of us. Every single one of us, every coach, every player, everybody on staff knows exactly what's expected of us. And our job is to go out there Sunday and and perform, and that's what we plan on doing. Hearing Dennis Allen say that, immediately I just thought of that big uh, poster that the Saints had up in the practice facility when Sean Payton was suspended, staring down at the, the field with the words, do your job. job. And that's what it's going to come down to for this team today. And I'm hoping, you know, I I woke up with that little bit of attitude. I think this team needs to go into Tampa with that bully type of mentality where they got to push this Buccaneers team around because uh, you're you're without your head coach. Uh, You need to come out and make a statement. So uh, what better way than to do that is to be the more aggressive, the more physical team, uh, especially in this key divisional matchup. Listen, Dennis Allen and Sean Payton are extremely close. They're very close, but don't for a second think he's not relishing this opportunity. It's a big game, man. He has nothing to lose here. Think about this. Nothing. That's what I'm hoping the whole team is thinking too. And, you know, he's 11 and a half point underdog and – this for, this guy is a former head coach. There's no doubt in my mind that he is letting everyone know, and I'm pretty sure football players know the lines for the most the most part. Maybe not all of them. Kamara swears he doesn't know ever. No but one knows anything, right? A lot of no them, one pays attention to social media either. When you're a double-digit underdog, <laughs> when you're a double-digit underdog, you know it, and you know that you're being disrespected, and you know that this is a team you've beaten five or six straight times in the regular season, and quite frankly, but a fluke strip. On Jared Cook, it could be, you know, continuous in the postseason as well. That was the loss that, that prompted, uh, you know, that catapulted the, the the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl championship. And, and more power to them. They deserve it. They want it. But the Saints are going to be in this game. They're not getting blown out. I mean, they're not. I mean, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'd be completely shocked if they do. Because when you have this defense that now feels very capable. I mean, you know, they, they – They've had so many missing pieces, so many. I mean, think about at one time they've had five guys that aren't even or that are going to be playing tonight not together. They're all back, and uh, you know, the defense is going to have to keep them in. But the big plays, you got to get some chunk plays, and I just feel that they have a shot tonight. And I know most of the country does not feel that way, but no, no one's giving this team a chance at all, which is I think fantastic. You love it, right? You love when nobody's picking the Saints on the TV. You feel like, "Oh, everyone's doubting us. No one's giving them a chance." And hopefully it does spill into the locker room and players see that. Now, listen, I'm I'm not going to downplay the loss of the tackles offensively. No, I definitely not. That's huge. But let me just say this is that this team was 5-2 and two healthy, right? They're 5-2 and two healthy. Maybe 5-3. and three. The Falcons, they're somewhat healthy there. So they're not a below 500 team when they have players. And they got players tonight. So this is, once again, if you haven't tuned in early, I'm trying to give hope here. And I really feel that there may be more hope than most of the country is actually giving. I mean, because I don't think people look at the 
depth charts all that much and see who was playing. Oh, yeah, Kamara's back, so that's going to be a difference. They all know that. But they don't realize, hey, man, you got your two defensive ends back. These are both Pro Bowl-type defensive ends when they're playing at their top peak, you know? And, and people don't realize what a monster Davenport's become when healthy. The key is those last two words, when healthy. Amen, because right. when he is healthy, put anybody up against him in the league, and I'll, t- I'll give you why he might be just as good, like Chandler Jones or one of those dudes. He's that good. And it's going to cost a lot of money to keep this guy next year, I promise you. When you see the, 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 the dollar bills that are going to be – you're going to be shocked. The dollar bills and that people are going to flip they're out. They're going to be offering to Davenport. And it's going to be hard to keep him, just like it was hard to keep, keep Hendrickson. Exactly. And his contract is going to be a lot bigger than Hendrickson's. I can promise you that. And you see the production that Hendrickson's doing in Cincinnati. We've talked about this before. I really didn't see that coming. I, I thought that his uh, – his output was definitely a product of being on this Saints D-line that was so stacked with so much talent on it. You know, Sheldon Rankins, uh, Cam Jordan, uh, Malcolm Brown. Uh, uh, the list goes on. Give Jeff Ryland credit. That was a great third-round pick, man. Uh, unbelievable. That, that, whole, that whole draft class is yes, unbelievable. Coming back with more first take after this break here on WWL Saints Radio. Steve Geller, Scott Alexander, give us a call on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talking Text Line, 504 260 one eight seventy. Back after the break. Who that? Saints looking to overtake the pirate ship in a Raymond James Stadium today. You know that's really one of the most annoying things I think in the away venues I've honestly been to is the firing of those cannons. All right, when you get a touchdown, I get it. It's cute, but after a field goal, after a first down, and I want to tell you, as much as you want to brace yourself and you know it's coming, that thing still makes you jump. Always makes me jump. And, I mean, they do that in a lot of college games, and they'll scare the crap out of me. Like, they'll just, all of a sudden, it's like a F-15 bomber, boom. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, some people, you know, have delicate hearts. I mean, that thing goes nuts. But with the, with the Tampa, let me tell you something about Tampa Stadium. It's one of my favorite to go to as a fan because you can walk around the bottom all the way around the with stadium. With Robert Carroll? The, yeah, well, like Robert Cowell. I'm talking about the inside, not the outside of the stadium, looking for your car. Just kidding, Robert. But the fact is, is that, uh, is like, you know, I love that stadium when you're a fan. Like, and I was going a lot when they were, the Saints were just crushing them all the time. Like, you know, living in Atlanta, flying down, you know, when Sean Payton's early years, and we're just beating them like a drum a good bit. And it was always fun to be in that stadium because I have friends that live in Tampa. It's a fun atmosphere to go to as a, as a game. Like, the Dome's a ton of fun as well. But I put Raymond James in Tampa Bay Stadium if you're a fan. Now, particularly, you know, I'm just saying for just entertainment purposes, it's a good place to be. Yeah, to me, I would say the my positive of it, uh, I was there for uh, two, three years ago when they were playing, the Saints were playing at the Bucks, and the morning time, it was just terrible downpour. But the field was, it's a little bit elevated, yeah. and yeah. the drainage, the water just really rolled off of it. Uh, well, and it wasn't any really uh, puddling or any any kind of you know a lot of water standing on the field, which was really good. And I don't know if they still do it. And I know we have to go to break, but I know if they still do. It, but the pirate ship was a place that people hung out. I mean, that, did they still do that? That you can hang out because people hung out like it was like a happy hour around there the whole time. So you could have a ticket up in somewhere up in the stands in the rafters, but 
You could get down there and party. Well, I mean, that's, that's so we want to see some black and gold mutiny going on, there and so we, we overtake the pirate exactly. champ. Exactly. Scott Alexander and Steve Geller here on First Take. We've got another hour left onto this show before the Bud Light countdown to kick off with Bobby Bear and Christian Garrick. Next hour with us joining us, WWL's Mike Dettiglia to break down the Scouts Notebook. Back with more First Take leading up to Bucks versus Saints here on WWL Saints Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.